Yeah. Is it Basinger? Is there another Basinger. letter in there? Basing. Sing. Sing. I would say Do you Kim, hit the G? Singer? Yeah, Kim Basinger. Singer. Kim Basinger. <laughs> you didn't say Kim Basinger. You don't Kim, hit the G. Kim Basinger. 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 Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Thin Red <laughs> This is Mark. This is Dave. We're back, man. You really shot into that. One. I did, and then I, I lost blew. my breath. I think. Yeah, a you bit. ran out of steam. What? You're like a. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. You're in like, like a, a cruise ship. <laughs> out of control. Yeah, a little cruise control action. Uh, Teaser. Keep that in mind for later. Um. So this this episode is top five biopics. Biopics. Some people say biopic, and then you have to kind of wonder who I've they never... were raised by. <laughs> Wolves. Shots fired. <laughs> so I've heard. I like, I've them. Heard I like them biopics. Say, I've heard people say biopic. Okay. But we're talking about biopics because it's kind of a biopic uh, weekend. We got Oppenheimer yep. coming out, the new Christopher Nolan movie about J. Robert Oppenheimer, the yeah. uh, scientist, head of the Manhattan Project, and and excited. Both right. of us, I think, excited to see that. We'll yes. See how it goes. Also, Barbie this weekend, which isn't really a, a biopic in the traditional way, but it is about a, per, a person, in this case, a character, and True. kind of giving a life story. But obviously, it's not the same kind right, of thing. Yeah. But usually, usually when you think biopic, you think it's a biography. It's it's a it's a bio, biographic picture. Is that what right. it's a short for? Biopic? Sure. This is um, a... I feel like Martin Scorsese would never call a movie a picture. I feel like that's what <laughs> that's what he says, and I always picture. feel like it sounds so old timey. It does sound the picture. Um, but it's a movie about somebody's life, right? Um, but in whole or in part? In whole or in part? And maybe we need to discuss. And certainly, we'll have to before we really dig into it. Like right. what? What we mean by um, biopic, like what what counts as a biopic? Because so struggled. many movies these days are quote unquote based on a true story, right? Which technically kind of counts according to most of the searches I did, but I didn't okay. feel comfortable with that because a lot of things are like when they say based on a true story, they mean we've got a fragment of an idea of somebody's life, and we really built a whole narrative around right what could have been maybe a true event. Correct. Maybe. Right, <laughs> right? yeah. That's, and that's well, not really the kind of thing I right. was gravitating toward. And there's also just like, because immediately when we, we kind of came up with this idea, I think I fired back because I was like instantly, I was probably bombarding you with too many texts of like, would this count? What about this? You know, what about well, that? But it's it, you were underlining how so, like kind of gray the Right, and I feel are. like movies that are, if it felt for me, once we're starting to get into this, if it felt like it was more about the event, like this was a yeah. true event and that was like the driving force of it. And you, in, I sent you a couple like, well, what about this or that? And one of the movies, The Social Network, which is based on like a true story with obviously with Zuckerberg and Facebook, it didn't feel like really it was only like Zuckerberg's story. It felt like it was right. more of like the emergence of Facebook. Right. The and, title maybe gives it away. Like the so right. it's about... It's about the right. the advent of Facebook and the kind of legal right. battle underneath it. And is Mark Zuckerberg the main character? Yes. Yes. But I wouldn't say it's a biography of Mike, Mark Zuckerberg. Right, yeah. You could argue that into this conversation, but that actually helped me weed out some movies where I felt like this is more about this story. And it feels like there's several people... I get, but you wouldn't say it was also right. their biography, their bio biopics or whatever, too. It was like... 
So I kind of use that to kind of filter out some and some other examples you shared that I thought I think are helpful maybe for other people to yeah. get a frame of mind about this too is movies like you said that are about a major historical event but aren't about a particular person so much like you can think of like Titanic would be an extreme example like that is a, a true historical event right but the characters in that movie are fictionalized yeah maybe that, that's they're based an easy on, one to rule out and then you have something a little more closer to reality like um, Especially if it's the main characters, right? Right, right. like Apollo, um, Apollo thirteen, Apollo thirteen. I was for some reason I was hesitant on the number because there were so many Apollo missions. Yeah. Apollo thirteen, um, that is a true event and real people, Correct. but it's really about the group of people and the yeah. whole effort together. And the it's not like about it's Tom not really Hanks' Jim character, Lovell. right? In his whole life, right? I mean, he's though he's the main character, the lead. right? You could argue. So we're really thinking of right. movies, or at least trying to zero in on yeah. those movies, like Oppenheimer, which we assume <laughs> is about mainly this one man and his life, or a particular period of his life. Right. And it really focuses on him as a character study. Right. And it really does endeavor to be a true story about this right. great person or interesting person exactly. or special person. I think if it was, and that's not always because like of the title, but if it was called like... The, the bomb. atom, the bomb, right, right. the A bomb, <laughs> the A bomb. That's that'd be a, that'd be a heck of a burrito. That could work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually made two honorable mention lists, and Apollo thirteen appears on my first honorable mention list, which are honorable mentions. Which these are these were movies that are based on true stories, but I didn't factor these in, so I don't want any okay. pushback on these are movies I ruled out. Because I didn't think they qualified, according so to me. you're honorably mentioning them, not because they're biopics, but just because these are well, movies you like that right. you end up sorting well, into a different category. I searched, you know, best biopics or just biopics. Just to get a list, yeah. And when you do that, all of these movies show up. Right. All, so, all movies. <laughs> <laughs> every movie ever made. Everything's so, based on something. Uh, so The Big Short is... Sure. I, is, I, I like it, but it felt like it's more about whatever the housing fallout um moneyball i was back and forth on moneyball oh that was when i saw, noticed early but i came to the same conclusion which it is follows this is billy about, bean but right. it's really about this team right uh apollo right. 13 uh a movie we both like quiz show i i did I, pause on that yeah moment. and um but i felt like it's more about this yeah i couldn't game myself. show story we weren't with um rafe uh, I, enough. I couldn't convince myself it was about him either. So and I'm, I'm um, and a movie we love. We know you love it. We've talked about it. Tombstone. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about. Tombstone. So those are my honorable mentions that I didn't even factor in. Okay. But I'll. Do you have some ones honorably mentioned? Yeah. I've and got then I'll a, I'll, I've got I'll go through different... my other list that I that I would have counted, yeah. but they didn't make the cut. Yeah. I will say this. I I also have two lists. I have a list of. Movies that were left off for technical reasons, like yours, you just described. And then I have some real honorable mentions that could have been right. included, but... And I'm so going to give Dave the, technical... the poker face in case he said something. Let me do the technical omissions okay. first. Now, the first one, the first couple, or I guess it's a short list because they're just representative, is I left off um, all Martin Scorsese movies because I feel like I've talked about them enough. 
So a lot of these qualify. Like I think the Wolf of Wall Street counts as a buy. That's on my honorable mention, but left um, off. But I left it off because I'm like, I, of course that would be on my list. It'd probably be my number one <laughs> biopic. I think it's a great movie. It is. Um, but I I feel like I've talked about it in multiple episodes already. So I'm not doing Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not doing Raging Bull. I'm not doing The Aviator. I'm Good not fellas. doing Goodfellas. I'm not doing. You know, I just I was like Martin Scorsese. I I love you. We'll, okay. We'll talk about you. Maybe we'll we, have some matches. We've talked about you in the past. I counted on uh, you for at least one Scorsese. Um. So I just I just crossed it out. Another okay. movie I'm not including again for like a personal reason is I'm not doing Ed Wood because I feel like we talked about it. Yeah. Um. Though maybe it'll maybe it'll show up on your list. Uh, it is. I obviously counts and is a is a great movie. Um. And you can see our episode on it a few weeks ago. If As you, want, you should. If you want more thoughts on Ed Wood <laughs> and Tim Burton. Um, and then two more that I, these, one falls into the group of movies you just described. Like, I think it's more about a group of people or an event. And that's Black Klansman. Yeah. I love that movie. But I, uh-huh. I was like, it's, it is mostly about the one, the one detective or the right. one. Um, Stallworth, that right, one, yeah. that one police officer, but it's it's really feels more like it's like a history story about Correct. a whole a whole event. Not quite thing. just on him. And then here's one that I I think maybe you would, based on your description a minute ago, you would include. You would say this totally counts, but I I decided it was nervous. it was too focused of a part of one person's life. Oh man, it's like the opposite problem. Like it was it's too, too short of a, of a snippet, and that's the movie 127 Hours. Starring oh, James right. Franco about the man who gets his arm caught yeah. in the canyon and yep. then he has to cut it off to get out. I'm like, that is a true story about one man and in his life, but and it's that, like it's literally just about a few days of his life. Yeah, and it doesn't really feel like a biopic in the sense that we normally think of that kind of movie, right. like a movie about somebody's right a meaningful chunk yeah. of their life or their whole life. So I was like, you know what, I don't think. I want that to count, yeah. even though I think it maybe technically does. So yeah. that's my list of technical or personal omissions. How about your true honorable mentions? Yeah, well, I also omitted Scorsese movies. Oh, great. Um, and here, one, well, there, there's two that were in contention for me. One is Raging Bull. Yeah. I felt like Jake I haven't Mata. seen it enough. I, oh. And I, I think I've seen it once. Oh, and I remember, you should watch it again. Right, yeah. It's and I remember so liking it, but I feel oh. like I can't really speak to it. And so, sure. um, and I did leave off The Wolf of Wall Street, which <clears throat> I guess I, I, I could say is maybe my favorite Scorsese movie. If not, it's yeah, it's right up there. Yeah, Dave's hardcore fan. I'm, I'm close. Um, but again, because it's been discussed multiple times, I, I did not talk about it. Yeah. Others I did consider that qualified for me but didn't make the cut is the movie I, Tanya? I thought about okay. it for a second. Uh, Margot Robbie. But this is an honorable Nancy, mention? Honorable mention. Okay. Nancy Kerrigan. Uh, Julia Roberts playing Aaron Brockovich. But again, that feels like didn't cover a ton of time. Um, oh, right. Aaron Brockovich. I, yeah. I thought about that early in my yeah. planning, but I forgot about it uh, Who I gave a shout out to as one of my stylish oh, that's directors. Right. That's right. More stylish. Um, <laughs> this movie called Shine. I don't know if you ever saw it. Uh, Jeffrey Rush plays the famous... Uh, piano player David Helfgott. Oh, I never saw and that. So, no. uh, it's really good. It was, it was right there. And then a kind of a surprise shout out is uh, a movie musical, um, Evita, where Madonna oh, plays yeah. Ava Perone. And uh, I've heard of this. It's actually really really good. And um, 
Not good so. enough, apparently. <laughs> but didn't make the cut. <laughs> Sorry, Madonna. I have two honorable mentions. Now, these might be on your list. So oh, I'm these are more. Okay. I can go poker face. These on are them. like true honorable. Like, these are ones that like I, I, had, I just cut them. I, I cut them from the main list. One is Into the Wild, the story of uh, Chris McCandless going off into the uh, Alaska and yeah, kind of living I, on his own. I pondered it for a while. I, I, the movie hit me in an impressionable age. Um, and I met all my friends are reading this book. You started burning money right away. But the thing, (laughs) burning (laughs) money, um, singing John Prine songs. Um, the thing I realized though, in thinking about it is like, I'm not sure I really love that movie. I'm sure I love the soundtrack. (laughs) Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder's like ukulele soundtrack. And so I think, I think I, I stopped myself because I'm like, you know what? I, I love that, the movie's soundtrack and the music in that movie, but I haven't seen it since it came out and I'm not confident I would like it as a movie today. Yeah. But I do like the soundtrack. I did enjoy it when I did see it. Is it Sean Penn directed? Does that sound right? That sounds, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty confident, but uh, yeah. Um, it's not on my list. Another movie that I just didn't make the cut for me, but certainly would count, is A Beautiful Mind, the Ron Howard oh, movie yeah. uh, starring Russell Crowe about John Nash, the mathematician who uh, is very Clearly successful. Clearly a biopic. Kind of, kind of uh, starts losing his mind, and it becomes like the kind of, he's very paranoid. And yeah. Anyway, his whole like, kind of life story, Jennifer Connelly's in it. Um, that's on. It's that's a good on. movie. And it's when I think of biopics, it's the first movie I think of, and that's oh, wow. why I think I jotted it down quickly. Okay, but, but I was like, well, I don't know if I like it more than the five I landed on. So I'm just like, I, that's obviously a classic example in my personal library. Yeah. But I just pushed it aside for five movies okay. I think I like better. So those are my two. I think it's good we're mentions. saying some of these because now it sort of gives the folks listening a flavor of. What we're getting into, we sort people. of took some of the struggle away from you. <laughs> right. I like the we may like have that. mentioned all um, the ones you were thinking. Of. Um, <laughs> before it. we jump into the actual yeah. list, let mm-hmm. me just ask you this as a sure. as a warm up question: How Please. do you feel about these kinds of movies? Do you like biopics? Do you do you uh, do you think about them differently than other kinds of movies? I do, yeah. um, but I can't say I like like prefer them. You have an o- you don't have an overall. I'm opinion. pretty open. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm, I'm, I tend to gravitate towards maybe something that's like just this original story that's not based on anything. Right. <clears throat> For me, because I feel like it just gives you the green light to do whatever you want. Um, when I see the, the biopic, and I don't really get too hung up on this, and I know some people do, because even though it's based on true events or based on this person, it's not all going to be true. And right. someone's going to pick out the detail that this never happened that way. And then if you're like, well, does that really make or break the movie and it, it doesn't for me you feel like they've got you know they probably consulted someone involved right. in this person's life and they gave it their stamp of approval <clears throat> and as a filmmaker i they got to still bring their kind of style to it and yeah. you got to tell this story in under three hours and yeah i completely agree with you i think capturing like the spirit of a person's yep. life or their story is way more important than right. getting every detail correct for all the all like the logistical restraints you just mentioned right. like you can only tell so much story right and you have to make it digestible for an right. audience in a, a small number of hours and it does get a little tricky too because it feels like especially when there's been like this so many of these like musical biopics in terms of like you right. know uh, Bohemian Rhapsody right. and the Elton John movie and obviously 
Elvis, you're like, did right. Austin Butler just do a really good Elvis impersonation? Impression, you know? Right. Um, or yeah, but he, you know, took on a little more. You're like, oh, he he when he sung the song, it sounded just like him. You know, right, like, right, right. Okay, is the right. trick just right? Doing a doing an right. impersonation, and that's someone it, who's like, well, everyone knows yeah. Elvis, but what if you're like playing someone, you know, like <laughs> right. Don Cheadle in Hotel Rwanda? You're like, <laughs> right, I don't right. know, did, was he accurate? Right. Did he sound like that guy? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. that is interesting. I, I guess I asked the, my initial question, like, how do you feel about this? Because I, in thinking about this, I realized that I, I'm skeptical of these movies, not for the reasons you said about like worrying if they're true or not, but just right. like narratively, I think it's a, it's a, it's not the most engaging or interesting like structure for a movie. Sometimes, right? In the way that we watched Tombstone a, wa- a long time ago now, and we Great talked about how it just kind of wraps up and it's over, and he goes <laughs> off with this other woman who's not his wife, and what happened to her, and but then you have to kind of just sit back and go, well, that's what, that was what really happened. Yeah. So that's what has to happen in the movie. I feel like right. when you're telling a story, you have more freedom to tell a better story when you're not tied down to somebody's real right. life and what really happened. That's a good point. And so I feel like I'm always a little nervous that the story right. is going to be worse because they're trying to base it on a real person. When if you had just taken somebody's life as inspiration for a fictional story and not promised to tell a nonfiction story to begin with, right? It has more potential to be a better movie. I think that's how I generally feel. That's true. It's just that why why restrict yourself? But I think for a lot of people there is some there's some currency to the text on the screen like based on a true story. Like that really right. means that draws people in. Like oh this is a it real It does it story. feels like it ups the ante. I don't think that means very much to me because right. I'm kind of jaded and like well I know this is all kind of, you know, polished up or va- only vaguely right. based on or Or going in you're probably aware. Right. Like, is anyone going to go into Oppenheimer and be like, what? This is based on a true story? You know? <laughs> right, like, right, right. You, it, it wouldn't be a surprise. Right, right yeah. Right. Hopefully not. <laughs> right, hopefully not. But like, um, That would anyway, be horrible if we I'm, dropped an atom bomb. I'm always a little hesitant, <laughs> right, to go like, oh, like, this is going to feel like a documentary, right. which might feel boring right. as opposed to a movie that's like... Right. Um, oh, you have free reign to right. tell So and anyway, can, I'm, it, I'm always a little hesitant. Right, but it can be nice to... Um, especially if it's something you're already like kind of interested in and you actually in one of those nice miracles, you actually might get slightly educated about something (laughs) (laughs) that you didn't know about, you know, like uh, you're seeing a little piece of history as best. That's true. You Maybe know? they work better if you know nothing about the subject matter. Like right. you know, you, it's a there famous is an person, right? And yeah. you're interested, but you don't. You're not coming in with like any kind of expertise that turns you into the picky critic or correct, the picky correct. viewer. Yeah. So I think that's probably true. Looking at my yeah. list, like I don't know much about these people besides the movie, these movies, and maybe that's why I like them because I'm not like, I'm not picky about. Like, oh, that's not that wasn't true, yeah, or that's yeah. not what really happened because I don't know anything but yeah. really what these movies say. We'll I'm, exci- I'm excited about this list now. Right. I went from oh, maybe trying to tell Dave, let's abort to like, <laughs> fine, I'll buck up. <laughs> right, right. Um, so do um, you want to start? You want me to start? I can, I can start. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll start. Uh, I think I want to start because my first one is something you honorably mentioned. Oh, okay. So my first movie, my number five from 2017, directed by Craig Gillespie. It's I Tanya. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I 
thought that was a great movie. It is a great. Loved movie. it. Margot Robbie plays Tanya Harding. Barbie herself. Barbie herself. <laughs> We're talking Barbie weekend. Had to include it. She's a. Uh, she's in the news. Um, Allison Janney plays her mom, and she's really good as like this cruel, like chain smoking yeah. uh, mother who's just like out to. I don't know, turn her daughter into a superstar, but also is just like kind of heartless and cold. Oh, and man. Um, Seb- Sebastian Stan is in it. He's like the boyfriend, then husband of yeah. Tanya Harding. We're talking Winter food, Soldier, like. if you're wondering. Yeah, yeah. So the movie is set. If I see, here's the thing. I didn't know. I know people who lived through like the 92, 94 Olympics and yeah, this whole I saga. You probably were tired of the story, like all the tabloids and talk of Tanya Harding and the. I think the, it was just such a bonkers story. The attack, right? It's just and, bizarre. And this is pre-social media. In the world of professional sports or amateur, I guess amateur sports yeah. at the at the um, Olympic level. Um, so I get for people who lived through this as like adults that this maybe was an old tired story but to me it was a fresh story like i had i'd heard the name tiny right. harding and nancy kerrigan and these figure skaters but i didn't really live through it in the same way so the the movie for me was like the fullest telling i'd seen right yeah but the movie does it in an interesting way it's kind of like a documentary or mockumentary style like the characters will be sitting and talking straight to camera like you might see in the office or parks and recreation and you have the sense that they're kind of telling you their version of events. Like yeah. Tanya will pull you aside and tell you her version of events. Yeah. And you get the sense that maybe we've got some unreliable narrators right. here. or They're maybe spinning the story. So it kind of captures the tabloidy nature of the whole of all right. these events because it was never quite clear who did what or who was responsible or who knew what was going on, who ordered you know, was right. Tanya aware that these men were attacking her competitor on her behalf? Right. Or was she not aware? Right. And so it, the movie, the way it's put together, gives you that space to wonder, like, who's telling the truth here? Who really knew? Has a lot, a lot of fun with that. It's very stylish, very stylish movie yeah. for subject matter that I think most people on its face would think boring. Yeah. Like, we're talking figure skaters in, in the 90s. Yeah, well, Olympics. all those supporting players who are the ones, like, supposed yeah. to carry this out. Kind of yeah, this, these kooky. buffoons. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. It is. Um, but the performances are really good. Margot Robbie is amazing. She I think is. up to that point, I think this was maybe one of her first like big like you're the lead in this movie, and this is like this is like a, a this is a big role. Like I feel like she had been yeah. in and she was in the Wolf of Wall Street. She was in um, you know, maybe that Suicide Squad, maybe before that, maybe just before this. Yeah, that sounds about so right. She had played she's she was obviously successful. She was right? also but this Jane was like and Tarzan a big Day. dramatic role. Right. Um and she did great. Allison Janney is always great and she's yeah. really good as his mother. And it's it's a good movie. At least I remember yeah. I remember really enjoying it and being surprised by it. Yeah, so and I, I think the I can't exactly remember. I feel like Allison Janie was nominated or maybe won supporting actress yeah. possibly. I didn't really ask look at all the Oscar no, I didn't, accolades I didn't for these, but um I do remember that. I do remember really liking that movie and obviously I, I gave it a shout out and I think it's a great selection. Great. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting us off in nineteen ninety-two. Oh. Uh, with a movie called Chaplin. Oh, I thought you might. <laughs> so I saw it in the list. I was yeah. like, Mark's going to pick that Robert Downey Jr. movie. I got him. So uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays, um, this is pre-Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for folks playing along. Iron Man is 2008. <laughs> Chaplin, 1992. Well, and um, 
And right, pre Robert Downey Jr. kind of disappearing from acting for a while. Yeah, he. I think he he was in like a lot of those. Um, it was like the Molly Ringwald era of like some of these. Yeah, he kind of popped up. Um, but I would say this is one of his bigger like acting roles. You're like, oh, this guy's actually a pretty good actor. And then there were some missteps, and then kind of around the the 2000s started to reemerge again and, right. and things. But uh, anyway, so he plays uh, Charlie Chaplin. I feel like this is by definition a biopic. So sure. um, it really goes through his whole life as uh, I can best remember. Um, how you know poor kid growing up but um and then obviously becomes um the writer director producer like do everything right um actor um charlie chaplin we feel like everyone knows i feel few people probably have actually sat down and watched a charlie chaplin movie and right. even though i'm all in on movies you know i feel like i've seen two you know like right. I, I think one of them made my list of Movies or you... I should have seen by now, right? right, right or right. it was mentioned by me, but um, I think what was with this movie is it was because for me, I'm so interested in movies and just how they began and and when they started, and that Charlie Chaplin was such a pioneer for right. this whole industry and someone who was invested, um, and where I see myself liking the folks that are you know I gravitate towards some of these as when we did our more stylish directors. I kind of like the folks that are the, they have their hands in the screenplay, whether they're right. co-writing it or they're right. dreaming it up on their own and then directing it um, and sometimes even in it. Um, I think it's it's pretty interesting and fascinating. And with um, Charlie Chaplin too, where if you're like, eh, I don't know if I should check it out, it is interesting to see because obviously movies started off um, silent and where Charlie Chaplin kind of fell away is when they, you know, the talkies were invented right. and his voice didn't really match who he was and, or he didn't want to commit to that. Right. And then it really, it's kind of like a sad ending, um, where he's sort of like, you know, this has it all and right now you don't kind of a deal. I think the 2011 movie, the artist kind of played, uh, oh, paid yeah. homage to that idea of, um, really that was that whole idea of the Charlie Chaplin kind of idea now now they just focused on like um an actor who was the star of the silent movie era and then had his world right. crushed when the talkies were invented but well, um, singing in the rain is kind of all that, that's, exactly that's kind of singing the in the rain too, is, is like how do we get these <laughs> silent film actors to be able to gene kelly looks yeah. like he's gonna be washed up funny so here's here's what i did though because i'm the tidmaster <laughs> can we get a shirt with that printed on <laughs> stat <laughs> tidmasters um I, I I snagged a little tid for each of these, <laughs> I think. Okay. And uh, the tid for this one is, uh, so this movie was uh, came out by Universal Pictures, um, but at the time the studio didn't want Robert Downey Jr. They were hoping for Dustin Hoffman oh. or Billy Crystal. Oh. Um, but the director Richard Attenborough refused. Rightly so. Um, and then the the movie was put into a quicker turnaround, and they had to include some other things in it. But uh, I just thought it was kind of like, well, Billy Crystal and Dustin. You said Dustin Hoffman, yeah. So those probably would have been much bigger stars at the time. So that was maybe right. what the studio was. Yeah, interested Dustin in. Hoffman, more name recognition. Couple years ago, had won for Rain Man. Right, I don't know, right. like, I mean, because this is always the dilemma. If you're going to take an actor and you you have to age them 
do you want to take someone younger right. and age them that way or vice versa? Like they, you know, taking Austin Butler and putting them, you got to make him look like old fat Elvis now. You know, is right. that the game you want to play here? Or, right, right. Um, but anyways, when you see someone give a performance, and I do think uh, Robert Downey Jr. was up for like best actor this year. Okay. So it's always like, yeah, I don't think he won, but you're always like, Come on, if I could tell you the person playing this role is going to get an Oscar nomination, right, right. won't you kind of give it? Yeah, or you still want gonna, the big is star? Is it going to sell tickets? Yeah, right? I guess. That's, I don't that's know. The so. thing. All right. Um, that's a good pick. I kind of thought when I saw it on the list, I was like, oh, that that feels like a movie. Yeah. Pick. It's I, one I often want to revisit. Revisit just because I feel like it is Yeah, I think you're right that the interesting, because you're used to, if you've seen Charlie Chaplin in a, one of his movies, you're just used to seeing the silent like act right? right that's his whole thing these amazing stunts and right. his physical performance but this is a movie that lets you see him as a right <laughs> as a person right like, kind of a workaholic right and just but also it has the black the and white like kind of look of his movies right so yeah i think it's in color but they do they some do black and white that yeah. are like him doing the movie and you see like right. robert downey jr maybe film what like one of the iconic scenes or how, right. you know, it's always, so it me, kind of feels like pulling the curtain back correct, on something behind the scenes, yeah, yeah, yeah. almost like a, a documentary and kind of a feel. So yeah, cool. Yeah. My number four, boom, we're going from 2017 to 2014. Not a big leap. I don't have any 2014s. This is Clint Eastwood's American sniper. Whoa. I am not like a, uh, historic marks checking over his shoulders. I I didn't see this coming. I'm not like a all. died in the wool Clint Eastwood fan. No, I like I like him uh, as an actor. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen all of his movies as a director. I think Gran Torino is the one most people saw and loved. Um, but American Sniper, I remember seeing, and I remember going into it thinking. This is either going to be one of two different movies. Um, and this is the story of uh, Chris Kyle, like the most, um, the, like the sniper, the Navy SEAL sniper who has the most like kills to his name in the yeah. Iraq war um, or in his career. I, I don't know how he went on multiple deployments, but yeah. anyway, like the most like f- feared and legendary yeah. sort of sniper in the, in the Navy SEALs. Um, and it's about his sort of him, his life starting with like joining up uh, in the military as a young man and then kind of going on these multiple tours of duty and kind of that balancing act of the, his wife and kids back home and always feeling like he had to go back out there yeah. and do the thing and then dealing with, you know, how he felt about everything he had done when he came home. Anyway, it's when, going to see this movie. And if you just watch the trailer, you'll instantly be like riveted and understand the stakes of the, you know, Eastwood does such a great job with the suspense in this movie and really putting you in the seat in like Kyle's position and feeling however accurate or inaccurate it is, you feel the tension and the stress and the adrenaline of these very specific moments in his service. Um, Anyway, I remember going into it thinking this is going to be one of two movies. It's either going to be a, like a really patriotic um, like go troops, kind of impressive in a way, but one note, you know, waving American flag movie, or it's going to be some kind of criticism or indictment of, 
in knowing Clint Eastwood, it probably wasn't going to be the second thing, but it could have been that kind of a movie about the Iraq war. Like let's, let's, you know, show what this was really like and how it was not, you know, glorious. And what was surprising to me about the movie and why I think it sticks with me is like a really good, a really good biopic is that it's both like, it's a complex movie. It's it, there's enough there. If you're, if you want to watch a movie about, you know, the success of our armed forces or the skill of these great fighters, like that's there for you, but it's also about, <laughs> there's a train going by. I can hear Sorry that. about that. Um, it's also a movie about how difficult that is. The trauma of coming back from war, like right. the family struggle and strife of kept living these two lives of dealing with PTSD. Cause Chris Kyle's story ends with him dying. Like he, He's back home and he's trying to, you know, help out other veterans. Yeah. And he's killed by another, um, another veteran from the war. Someone suffering from PTSD who he's taken out to a gun range one day, and the movie kind of ends ends where Kyle's life ends. Right. So, it's it's a it's hard to look at a movie that ends that way and go like this is a this is a pro this is a pro war it's not you know it's it's right. trying to appreciate all the layers and complexity of this is what happens to people right. when we send them off to do this and right. they come back and yes is there yeah. like you know there's so many sides to this this coin and so i i just remember thinking like this is a much more thoughtful movie than it could have been a lot of people would have made this movie and it would have been a lot more simple it would have been a lot more down the middle and i was kind of surprised and impressed by Eastwood's like he chose to tell the story in a complicated way um that had a lot of layers to it and I I I when I think of the movie I'm like oh yeah that was a good yeah good movie I think I saw it once but the way you're talking about it yeah I only saw it once again that that was all from one viewing back in 2014 2014 um and I especially feel like with a lot of movies war movies or movies with violence where it feels like you're feels like we're so desensitized to the violence this feels like it made it more like sensitized <laughs> right and i you think know, that's like, that's something the movie tries to highlight is like when if you're a sniper in the military in this kind of context you don't you're not shooting at like a, a shape in the distance like correct they're always showing you like he sees these people in the scope in this like he sees who he might well right. be killing and sometimes it's young it gets personal young people and he feels right that's all if you just watch the trailer you'll see yeah. him kind of heart heart racing as he tries to make one of these calls right and it's just like it is very personal is very devastating yeah and it is it's i can't tragic. imagine no matter no matter how you feel about any of right, this yeah. stuff it's tragic and so it's right it's just to do movie. have any i mean I, I do think uh and then a few years earlier uh a similar movie uh hurt locker just in terms yeah, of watching similar tone someone yeah. dealing with some for sure beyond unbelievable like stressful right situation military and yeah. then to uh, life and death and then just to like resume resume life or come home and right. you know yeah, and, like, this is a story people just, you just don't have any sure, idea what I'm going through. so yeah. that's a great pick dave yeah thanks. i didn't see it coming but i like it i like that i didn't see it coming <laughs> what's um, your number four i don't know maybe one you didn't see coming dave oh. i don't know we'll see you, Beetle, you had Beetle me on Chaplin. <laughs> Great bio. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. So here's a nice segue, though. So Clint Eastwood directed that. Yeah. Um, one of my tidbits is uh, the movie I'm going to mention came out in 2018, but Clint Eastwood passed passed on this movie. Was, <laughs> I thought you were going to say passed away. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. 
<laughs> R.I.P. Clint. Um, in 2003, this movie idea came his way, and he oh. was going to direct it. Oh, and then it didn't happen. And then later on, it resumed, uh, and eventually came out in 2018. It's directed by Damien Chazelle, and that is First Man. Oh, so um, this is a look at uh, Neil Armstrong and uh, obviously what led him to become the first man to walk on the moon in uh, 1969, July 20th. So we're creeping up on that, actually. So Ryan Gosling. Ken. (laughs) Ken. Right. We got Ken and Barbie in this episode. Um, If you're counting. So this movie, I don't. So Damien Chazelle, who um, got everyone's attention with Whiplash. Right. Um, and then again with uh, La La Land. So I think if I'm just kind of like oh, thinking I didn't through put that things, together. he did. Yeah. Um, and one best director for that. You Ryan know, pretty Gosling. young. Uh, Damon Chazelle won. Right. I'm best saying director. Ryan Gosling was in La La Land. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in La La Land. Yep. Perfect. And um, so uh, this movie, I don't, I think it was well received, um, kind of cr- critically, not like a ton of accolades. I think it was more maybe on the technical achievements, if anything. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Um, I re- and I I feel like I liked it. It felt like maybe I, you know, you kind of like like a movie and sometimes if you come out like, oh, I really liked it. And if everyone's not like, oh, I really loved it too. And you're like, yeah. you kind of, I kind of simmer down on my, my high horse a little bit. Um, but the more I think about this movie, um, I do like it. I feel like it is obviously focused on Neil Armstrong and going into it, you know, I didn't feel like I ever had, like, if you would ask me, do you have a need to see a Neil Armstrong movie? I'd be like, no. <laughs> right, right. I don't need to know anything more about it. <laughs> no, he was on the moon, right? right okay. Right. Uh, can we move on? Moon man. But uh, he had um, a very, for me, I was like really interested or found myself really interested in what kind of led him, you know, being like, wasn't just like, oh, hey, Neil, you're our guy. You're going to do this. You know, there was several things that led him to be that person, other other casualties from other people who were supposed to be there. Um, early on in the movie, he also has a, a, a daughter who I think has like a brain tumor or something like that and tragically passes away and he's dealing with that grief. Right. And it's kind of similar where like someone who's getting ready to do the unthinkable, like right. go into outer space, you know, and like where everything, and even still today, isn't, is a gamble, you know, like it's right. not figured out. Um, and, um, and so it, it, I think Claire Foy plays his wife. Oh, she's so good. She is. She's, she's great. She's in terrific movie. in it. And, um, and so I thought, I, you know, I was kind of, I found that Clint Eastwood kind of tidbit. And so he had two other children and they kind of, one of their things where they were saying, um, Mark and Rick Armstrong had said they felt like this was a really accurate. They kind of came forward oh, and said, a like accurate endorsed portrayal, it. endorsed yeah. it. Nice. I feel like that, um, not that that's like, oh, that makes a great movie because you can still, I think, like, oh, you right. ruined that story. It was just really accurate and boring, right, you know? Right, right, right. Um, I think at times, it, you know, maybe some of the pushback was maybe it's a little bit slower paced. Um, yeah, it's contemplative, I think. Yeah. And I think Gosling, he is he is good in it. I mean, it's more of like it's. I wouldn't say it's like a real showy performance, but I wouldn't necessarily think someone who worked for NASA would be like this. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe he's not the most exciting guy at the party. Kind of a situation. <laughs> right, um, right. I really like it. First man. It was it was an easy uh, it was an easy pick. Yeah, that's a great choice. I kind of forget about the movie. Uh, or the other thing that happens when I think about it is I I could be wrong about this. Uh, so we'll have to check, but. 
I think it came out the same year as the Brad Pitt movie Ad Astra. <laughs> okay. And so these were like the two space movies I saw like within a month or two of each other. I feel one of them has mind, a monkey. One of them has space chimps that <laughs> that attack you in the space station. And gave and, Heather uh, nightmares. I can't stop thinking about those space chimps. <laughs> not in a good way. No, <laughs> that's not a great movie. No, I'll yeah, I, I'll 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 have that fight with anyone who wants to have it. Ad yeah. Astra, not a good movie, but in my head, because they're both movies about like men going to space. Yeah, I did. I combined some of their elements in sure. my head. Unfortunately, all right. Um, number three for me, two thousand eight. Lay it on me. Directed by Gus Van Sant. Whoa, Milk. Yeah, I thought um, that could creep up. The Sean Penn movie about yeah. Harvey Milk. The um, like city supervisor from San Francisco, um, he it's it sort of just tells the story of this. He's like middle aged, and I think they live in New York, and he's kind of like restless or wants a new life. So they move, he moves to San Francisco, and he just gets he opens like a camera store or something with his boyfriend, and then they he gets involved in local politics, right. and it kind of shows his climb into like he starts becoming a community organizer and a leader and he's always running for office and trying to run this campaign and he's he's really inspiring people and it gets to a point where he becomes a um, like on the board of supervisors or something for the yeah. city of San Francisco but then that brings him into like real politics with other politicians and Josh Brolin plays this like really oh, right. yeah. like straight laced uh, hair perfectly parted uh, you know conservative um person on the same board and they're always butting heads and the and but anyway it tells the story of if you know anything about this is like the 70s if you know anything about harvey Milk, is he he gets he is eventually assassinated and it kind of leads through him like kind of going to san francisco getting involved in this community really advocating for gay rights and getting a lot of attention becoming successful but also kind of ruffling feathers on the way to the point where um tragically just like it's some somebody's in somebody's rage, um, you know, ends just ends the whole thing. So the movie the movie isn't isn't coy about that. I think it begins with like actual news footage of the assassination, and then it kind of rewinds to tell you the story. So it's not like, and obviously it's one of these stories where it's like you know you're telling the story of um, I don't know like like the Kennedy assassination or Abraham Lincoln. It's like you right. know you know the ending of the story, like we all know. So it's one of right. these kinds of stories where you might be familiar with the headline, but it really paints a full picture and a really um, I don't know an inspiring one about the character that maybe right. you can start to see how this happened or what could have inspired somebody to like yeah. feel like this person was dangerous or needed to be you know and when when it seemed like all he was doing was trying to advocate right. for his his people right. um, so a great a great movie and sean penn's performance is amazing yeah. i think that's what the movie is, is acclaimed for maybe more than anything yeah and he sean won penn's i think the script won too that year um so dustin lance black really great it's got a good trailer i watched the trailer again today okay. so if you want a, a taste of it um it's, right. it really does pull you in you see josh brolin and you see sean penn and you see you know you sort right. of see the main characters um but it's a really powerful movie uh james franco also in it I'm oh to yeah emil hirsch i think is also in yep it. um speed racer really good like historical drama good political drama right. if that's if that's your thing and, and it's and one of those life. Yeah. movies we were just talking like 
like while I didn't think I needed a Neil Armstrong movie, I, I knew who Neil Armstrong was. Right. I, I don't think I ever heard of Harvey Milk. Yeah. And so neither. that was kind of what was. Those movies can be really interesting too because you're just if you just see the trailer, you're sort of doesn't they don't need to say based on a true story. It looks like a really interesting story. Yeah, that's a good point. And then to come to find out later, oh, I did, you know, and now you, you know, that's kind of like a win-win. Like, oh, I learned something and this guy existed and right. that's and unbelievable. The, and the story deserved to be known. Right? Correct. That kind of a feeling. Yeah, you're like, sort of championing. If you make Lincoln starring Daniel Day-Lewis, right. it's like we all kind of know. Yeah, he did. We, we he, know we're getting here. Right, yeah. But, uh, right, you tell the story mm. that maybe was, maybe is maybe people have forgotten about because it's kind of just, right. it's just fallen, uh, you know, to history or right. it was more local and now you can tell it in a bigger way because we're not talking about a congressman or a senator or no. something here. It was just a city supervisor. Like he was on the city board basically. Right. Um, so it's like a local story at the same time. It kind of represents a national feeling. Right. Um, and obviously things that, you know, still today, uh, you know, processing as a country. Oh, so for sure. It's, so it's just a good, and love, a good little uh, time capsule. Story. I forgot Gus Van Sant did that. Yeah, he's yeah. solid. Okay, nope. so going to the eighties now. Ooh, nineteen eighty-seven. It's time, <laughs> Beetlejuice. I um, I kind of had forgot about this movie. So instantly, when the Dave um, kind of suggested, let's you know, Oppenheimer's coming out. Let's do biopics. Yeah, and I um. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's, I, all I could think about was like Bohemian Rhapsody and Elvis, you know, like I was right. like, it's just going to be the last few it's years. Gonna, yeah. It's going to be music, right, music right. people, music oh, yeah. artists. Um, and then as I thought through it, I'm like, well, there would be one movie I, I would pick that is based on the life of a musician. Can I guess what it is? Yeah. Is it La Bamba? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I Great. love La Bamba and watched it maybe way too much growing oh, up. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips. I would, I would say, um, you know, we talk about, I mentioned Heather. She's kind of a hard critic. Yeah. I think she is a La Bamba fan. She likes La Bamba. Yeah. So we got her down for the money pick. Well, we come to find out, La Bamba. I did ask her. I'm like, what movie would you write down? Oh. She had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little disappointing. Does she even like the money pit? Can you? She confirm? does like the okay, money pit. Okay. So, um, but I do know she likes La Bamba. And so, if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is the uh, true story based on a true story of uh, Richie Valens, um, who you know, kind of a rags to riches story. You know, didn't have anything and uh, became a um, popular musician, but very young. He died when he was 17. Whoa! And he died famously. In a, pain, a plane crash with Buddy Holly. Oh, the and, day the music died. And the Big Bopper, yeah. Oh, American Pie. Yep. Good and time. so um, it was, uh, I just remember watching this movie. I had wow, no, at that 17. time. I know. How so, old was Lou Diamond Phillips when he was playing the character? I don't was know. Was he also a teenager? I, I feel like he was maybe like older and they they had sure. to like but he wasn't like i mean 20s right, maybe right. something it wasn't out of bounds the same you know? age they get everyone to play high right. school kids james vanderbeek and uh right. you know however they did that <laughs> um so this is an enjoyable movie um lou diamond phillips is terrific and he's a very like charming character but i think the supporting cast is is pretty good as would who becomes kind of his love love interest um and i don't have her name down but um I felt like it was like kind of wrapped up into it, and obviously, you're drawn to the the title song, of course. But um, yeah. there's a couple other Richie Valens tunes out there um, that I I really do enjoy, and so it's kind of like a nice discovery, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and a movie again, like I 
I couldn't even tell you if I had really heard of, you know, Richie Valens. Like, yeah. Um, and then you do learn, like, gosh, he was that young. And now I don't know if this is there's any truth, but here's here's my tid. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So according according to Lou Diamond Phillips uh, in the documentary, um, the day the music died. Yeah. So to to Dave's point there, uh, Richie Valens' sister was on the set the day they shot what's called the coin toss scene in which uh, Richie wins the chance to fly on that plane because wow. it's like a storm and everyone wants to get home and he lucks out. Um, so as I mentioned, he flies on the plane uh, with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and uh, Richie's sister began to weep uncontrollably during shooting. When Phillips tried to console her, she hugged him and sobbed, why Richie, why did you get on the plane? Oh, I mean, wow. whoa. Like powerful, but powerful, but again, that like that sp- speaking to like some of these movies where you're like you're dealing with real people, right? right. And you just mentioned you know Harvey Milk is, and he had right. people that loved him, and so you're trying to tell a story, especially about someone who dies tragically, yeah. and trying to honor them, right? And you want to make sure the family's you, okay with the it. family's okay with it, right. and you're of course they probably want you would assume maybe they want this. I'm guessing maybe right. sometimes. Don't I don't want to be reminded right. of Ideally, this. Ideally, you have their blessing, I guess. To right? Proceed. Yeah, and so I thought that was just like this sort of like again with these movies, like what we were talking about the difference. Uh, you know, you go into these movies and to think like, especially when it's like, oh my gosh, that that actually ha-, you know like that actually person right. was. Well, how did it happen exactly like that? Right. You know, you can't speak to some of those details, but um. Anyways, uh, La Bamba, I'm I'm ready to watch it whenever. Yeah, good pick. If we can I, find a side by side with La Bamba, I'm in. <laughs> I feel like we could do like Mambas, that chewy candy, and <laughs> and La Bamba, Mamba La Bamba. I'm in. File that away for future use. Okay. Um, Next week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my number two, I guess I'm on already. Now I like that you picked out like a music biopic because that is a definite, a definite, uh, defined subgenre of the biopic is the music biopic. You take a famous musician, somebody everybody knows and loves, and you kind of tell their whole life story from when they were a kid, just uh, you know, getting inspired or joining the band and how they rose to success. Like you can almost plot out all the beats of those movies. That's why a movie like uh, walk hard the John the <laughs> Dewey John, Cox story yeah, the Dewey Cox story the John C. Riley movie that's why it's yeah. so funny because the beats of a music biopic are so predictable that's why walk hard is funny because right. he just goes through all the tropes of the music right. biopic you know doing his Johnny Cash impression sure. basically um, another subgenre of the biopic is the sports biopic and I guess I Tanya is technically a sports story but I don't feel like it, play, it it's its own kind of feel of a yeah. movie. It does the more the mockumentary kind of thing. Correct. Um, but a more true sports documentary is my number two. And oh. I don't think you've seen this movie. I don't okay. think many people saw this movie. But okay. it's a good one. It's one I think a lot of people just brushed off as a silly movie. But it's actually it's a feel-good, solid sports um, biopic. I'm not talking Cool Runnings. What's I'm the year? Give me the year. 2015's Eddie the Eagle. Didn't see it. Sorry, Taron Edgerton, wow. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, um, 
It's the Remind life me of this story movie. of Michael David Edwards. This is an Englishman who decides he wants to compete in the Winter Olympics, specifically in the downhill skiing uh, and specifically in the ski jumping event, which is, if you've seen the Winter Olympics, it's like the most insane event. Yeah, it's like I'm remembering long, uh, the trailer now. One long ramp that kind of makes a J shape at the end, yep. and you just fly through the air, and the skier kind of flies through the air with their skis kind of flat out, kind of like duck feet out in front of them, and they just stretch, and they yeah, fly through the like air. Yeah, it's almost like they're laying on the skis. And then hopefully you land, and you don't uh, break every bone in your body. So... That's ski jumping, and this tells the story of, I think it's the 1992 Olympics is what it works up to, but it's it's his whole life story, Michael David Edwards. He He's kind of, they start with him as like kind of a, a dorky little boy. He wants to be an athlete. He's never picked for the team. He gets inspired by the Olympics. He wants to be an Olympian. He tries all these different sports, and he's not good at any of them, and he ends up settling on really wanting to be a ski jumper and England hasn't like fielded a ski jumper in the Olympics for like decades at this point because <laughs> this is not a sport they have right, any yeah. they don't have a team they don't have any experience they're they're just not good at it there's no investment in it but he's like well if there's an opening like I want to be the guy that represents <laughs> That's England funny. and so the story kind of shows his kind of his absurd confidence at just kind of charging out and wanting to do this and meeting all these people who are telling him he's crazy. And eventually he meets Hugh Jackman's character who is like this washed up coach. He's like a drunk and he smokes and he's like, he's some old American athlete who used to be a ski jumper and he ends up taking Eddie under his wing, uh, pun intended. And then they kind of teaches him ski jumping, but the whole time telling him like, you're going to kill yourself doing this. Like this isn't something you just do for fun. Like this is like an intense, dangerous sport, but he just kind of bucks all naysayers and charges forward. And then the England is gets involved. Like the Olympic committee is like, we're not, we can't let you represent us. Like this is insane. Like you're going to embarrass us as a country. We don't want you wearing our flag and going out there and saying you're England's ski jumper. (laughs) Like, and so it's just this kind of inspirational story of a guy who just would not let anyone tell him he couldn't do it. And he ends up competing in the Olympics. Um, people who watch the Olympics, this Olympics, remember him. And he competed and he and he he didn't do well, but he competed. Right? He was like in he the was, Olympics. He was in it. He was England. I would say there's number. something to be said. He didn't like, die. Like he didn't get, he like landed his jump, you know, like. He right. Was, and so it's one of these kind of underdog stories. It's not so over the top dramatic, like and he wins the gold medal. It's not, right. it's not that kind of ridiculous Hollywood kind of story. It's just like a very human um, you know, humble story of someone who just really, you know, wanted to prove people wrong. Yeah. And so the movie itself, the tone is kind of comedic of the whole movie. Like everyone's kind of dressed a little over the top and there's just some silly sequences and costumes are very like, like late eighties, early nineties. Like they really lean into the costuming. All the characters are a little cartoonish, but it's like, it's really fun and it's heartwarming. And I swear if you watch the trailer, I watched this trailer today. If you watch the trailer, you're going to be almost on the verge of like kind of welling up and feeling warm. Ready you know, to like jump. It's, it's just a good, it's a right. feel good sports biopic of a real guy. And they started calling him Eddie the Eagle once he started being on TV. And sure. It sort of 
the peop- the yeah. nation just fell in love with him just as a yeah. as a I remember seeing the trailer and being somewhat curious yeah. but it was kind of like came good, and went it's good that's Did what you I'm see saying it at the movie theater? I saw it at the Kelsey and I saw it at the movie theater do you remember and we what, both loved it at the do you, time do you remember between the two of you one suggesting it or is it almost always you I mean, we just we see movies. It's right. a thing. So I'm sure it was like, hey, you want to see this? And we probably watched Eddie the trailer. The and was like, let's go. So it was. What year was this? 2015. 2015. Okay. A good. Good movie. Go All check right. it out. I'm, I'm sure you missed it, listeners. Go go watch it. You'll you'll love Eddie it. the Eagle. It'll everyone right. in the room. I like, will like that it. pick. Yeah. I'll watch that trailer. You you said sports movies. Yeah. And I immediately thought of this one. I can't believe I didn't even factor it in. I'll give it a quick shout out, but it actually would probably fall into my category of. Oh, this is off the list. This is an honorable this, mention. This is an honorable mention based on a true stories that I wouldn't factor in, but I feel like I should bring it up because I feel like someone at home is probably <laughs> okay. waiting for us to say it. Okay. And that's Hoosiers, and I don't know if it's oh, on your list. Who, no, not. But it's list. not really Gene Hackman driven. It's the whole team. Yeah, I think okay. that's a team movie. But it's such a classic. I just had to mention it because I know someone's going to yeah. be like. You some well, there's a whole bunch of sports, right? Like, like uh, I know a lot of people like remember the Titans. Well, Field of Dreams is that true? Based on true events, is that made I mean, up? Is it be- I mean, I mean, doesn't he talk to like the ghost of? Well, his I know, father? but like, is that was he a real person? <laughs> was that his anything? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> Ghost Ca- <laughs> Casper. <Right. laughs> That's my next pick. Beetlejuice. Um, okay, in a bizarre twist of events, I have um, another movie that has Lou Diamond Phillips in it. What? <laughs> Isn't he only in like 15 movies total? Yep, and I got two of them. <laughs> so this is my questionable pick. This yeah. is 1988, a year after La Bamba. He's not the star of it. Oh. Your boy, Emilio Estevez, is the star. And my I went boy. with Young Guns. Oh. <laughs> so this is questionable. Okay. I mean, you're, Walk me through it. it's Billy the Kid who's, yep. who's existed. And Emilio Estevez plays him. Um, and this movie reimagines a story around him now i don't okay. know now young guns young guns 2 together at least gets us through um how uh, history remembers him dying okay <laughs> and right. some things he we know he existed and what he did yeah um now did he do them in this way i mean any movie that right. as soon right. as you're you're going back right. you're writing time. dialogue that was never spoken right or that's, that's right. part of the we deal. don't know right this right. is what we, we have to imagine this world for you and so um but here's I, it made kind of I snuck it on because I feel I love this movie and I felt like I wasn't quite sure will we ever bring up Young Guns? I don't know if it came up in the Tombstone conversation. This is a movie. Um, it's just so enjoyable. Actually, Young Guns and Young Guns too. But I'll stick with just the first one. It has a great ensemble cast: Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Kiefer. Um, which becomes kind of his band uh, of the, the Rough Riders or whatever they're they're called. Um, but again, it's it, Billy the Kid, uh, you know, someone who, you know, deemed and what he, what he was. He's this outlaw, and but he kind of it's one of these interesting mu- movies because you're rooting for him, like he deserves to get this money from these people. You know, like right. you're you're up to no good. You're right. killing people. These are not good things. Right. But you're on, you're, <laughs> you're on his side. Yeah. Um, and you kind of want him to get away with it. And I sort of like, you know, I, there's part of me that really wants to kind of know more uh, about this character. And I think I did like minimal kind of like research, you know, back right. at the time of it. Right. Cause it was like, oh, and it seemed like, yeah, you know, maybe certain, some of these things happen in, in this way and how he was eventually kind of like getting to the second one tracked down and things like that. Um, 
so it's really enjoyable it's like almost more of like fast-paced action movie very quotable i remember my brother and i constantly kind of sharing some lines and scenes uh, were you lou diamond from- phillips in those exchanges <laughs> We, we Which were, one of you got we, to be we Lou were acting, We were acting him out. We oh, okay. were just calling lines. Right. So we weren't playing this in the backyard. <laughs> um, but um, here's another, yet another connection. So uh, besides Lou Diamond Phillips. So apparently, this is my tid, uh, when they bonded at night and maybe drank too much. Bonded at night? Is that like a euph- the gang, euphemism? Like, like um, you know, the, the, the yeah, yeah. Kiefer and they all, Emilio and Lou right, sitting right. around the fire. And circle the wagons. Drinking and, too much tequila. Yeah. Right. Um, Bond or whiskey or whatever they bonded and uh, they would make Lou Diamond Phillips sing La Bamba. <laughs> that's what the, that's what this said. I don't know if that's, uh, that's hey Lou true sing La Bamba. Yeah, all right, Lou so, do that La Bamba. Do thing that La Bamba. <laughs> kind of takes away from maybe some of the sentimental yeah. value I had. And uh, hey, if you nailed the part, if you nailed the part. So um, this movie, uh, you could easily argue like oh, how you know it does right. We're well, getting we're, we're getting into kind of legend and legendary characters where it's right. like this is a real person but uh, probably a lot of the events around their lives right, are right. exaggerated could we, could we have or, the ten commandments on this shaped, list right, right. <laughs> is that a biopic of Moses yeah uh, maybe yeah. kind of you know um, but anyways it's a it's a really fun movie um, I do recommend it and so okay. uh, I kind of snuck it on this list even though I know maybe it maybe it doesn't quite deserve it no, but. okay. It, it takes the place of tombstone probably <laughs> that, that's the tombstone it scratched slot. my tombstone itch <laughs> yeah, for me right, right. So. Um, my number one yeah let's hear it uh, closes a loop that you opened a couple items ago so you talked about first man uh, second man Neil Armstrong man on, man on the moon yeah I'm talking about oh. the movie Man on the Moon. I almost picked it. 1999's yeah, great selection. Man on the Moon uh, by Milos Forman um, about Andy Kaufman, the comedian, his life, uh, yeah. but played amazingly by Jim Carrey. I think it's a movie that critically not everyone loved as a movie, but universally everyone thinks Jim Carrey is amazing as Andy Kaufman. Um so it kind of tells the story. If you don't know Andy Kaufman, it's it's. I'm not sure if the movie. I don't know. I don't know if you can enjoy the movie so much if you're not at least already familiar with Andy Kaufman a little yeah, bit, because yeah, yeah. the movie kind of is cut together like all the kind of the famous episodes of his life, the famous routines he did, the famous um, you know TV moments he had, and it kind of shows you that, and then like kind of behind the scenes of those moments. Um, Danny DeVito um, is there. Paul Giamatti is in there. Um, it's got a great cast, but it's it's really just about this comedian and his very specific sense of humor and not really wanting to do what was popular or never really wanting to do what the audience wanted him to do. Right. And just, he was just so content to be so misunderstood or like he was, he was, he found humor in the things that didn't really right. make people laugh. Right, they and didn't fr- understand. frustrating people <laughs> yeah. and either would and be just, a character. Like, yeah. who are you? And he was a very, he's a very, if you go watch any of his old routines, like he was on Saturday Night Live for a little while. He Taxi. Was, he Taxi, he had a yeah, sitcom. Um, and then these other like kind of appearances on like Letterman that were very famous yeah. and other moments that are all kind of recreated over the course of the movie as they kind of track his career highs and lows and trying different things and people trying to help him and people trying to understand him. 
Um, I think a lot of comedians think of him as like he's one of the most brilliant because it was so it was like anti comedy. It was like he understood it was something what, new, it, it, was it was something different, be, and he was doing something very different. And um, it just Jim Carrey does such a great job of doing all the little because Andy Kaufman was a performer who had a lot of voices and had a lot of characters and he had a lot of right. personalities. Some very meek and quiet, some that didn't talk at all, some that had crazy accents. And Jim Carrey's also a comedian who is very multifaceted. So he's a perfect, I think, choice to someone who can, like, he can do all of Andy Kaufman's bits pretty faithfully. Right. Like, great impression, but yeah, took it to the next level. Right. And so it's just, it's an amazing sort of time capsule of this one comedian and his performing style and some of his more famous moments, but also gives you a little insight into. Maybe what he was thinking when he, why did he do that? Why did yeah. he choose to do this? Why did he make that career move? Was he, was he misunderstood? Was he brilliant and misunderstood or was he just a bad artist? You know, right, like yeah. that's kind of the question at the heart of the movie is like, and it even gets to the point where, you know, it's, he's getting toward the end of his life where he's told he has, he has right. cancer and, and didn't even get into wrestling. He's telling, right. Well, he was, he was personally, I think very interested in wrestling and right. that performance style of like the hero right. and the villain and the, uh, the showmanship of right, it. Yeah. And he would like do these stunt, like he'd pick feuds with wrestlers on like right. live TV or he would like do these wrestling matches with women and then right. like berate them while he was wrestling. Like he just, he loved like people hating him. Yeah. Really, really weird. Bizarre. But, um, I think I, it's, it's interesting to me because he's such an interesting person in, and maybe it's the, what the movie does is just kind of put that in a package for you to try to like, yeah. Wow. What an interesting, what an interesting person from like right. entertainment history right, at this exactly. point. Or just yeah. like, someone who tried something different. Right. And, uh, there's something admirable about that. And I think that's a, so, um, you know, a big moment for Jim Carrey too. I, and I remember hearing, yeah. uh, stories about like how he kind of got into character and stayed into character for this or he was sort of like yeah. because Andy Kaufman was this person who was kind of like bothered other people or you didn't know what he was doing I think Jim Carrey kind of locked into that so you didn't <laughs> sure. know what you were getting right. which I you know this method acting kind of stuff but sadly I feel like Jim Carrey didn't cross the you know, the line that like a Tom Hanks finally crossed from like these comedies to like right. Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. And now you're right. a dramatic actor. Right. Cause I don't, he did not get a nomination for man on the moon or the Truman show. And these were these two, like, yeah, I think Truman show was like the year before or correct was, the year right, before right. and man on the moon 99, which we right. may have mentioned, maybe one of the, one of the greater years in right. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, and I even forgot about that. And that's just makes it even more so. Yeah. Um, but he couldn't quite, you know, take that leap and not his yeah. fault, but maybe people just couldn't get past. Well, financially, I think Jim Carrey, what I saw was this movie broke Jim Carrey's streak of like box office successes. Well, from right. Like he had just dumb and dumber and the unstoppable yeah. box, like, you know, punch the ticket for yeah. like huge, huge yeah, sales. Maybe even, yeah, the Truman and it, show and it too. didn't do as well. So yeah, this was not, um, this was a risk. So I think maybe had it, had it been yeah. like this big acclaimed movie that everyone saw, maybe it would have yeah. precipitated more dramatic roles. But I, I think it, it, I think yeah. it was read by a lot of people as kind of a stinker at the time. And right. so it didn't, I don't think there was a lot of momentum. Right. With a um, great, like this two time Oscar winning director at the helm too. Yeah. And I mean, it was, us. it was like positioned to be, 
Well, I Oscar think, bait. It could be that it it's it's it was for people that loved Andy Kaufman and his sense of humor. And by definition, I think that's a subculture. That's not that's not a mass audience no. concept for a movie because Andy Kaufman was not a mass audience comedian. Like he it was very it was very like sideways and very like countercultural. Yeah, so maybe the movie was more polarizing. And so I I could see why people would watch and be like, right, yeah. I don't get it or i don't get this guy yeah. or who you know why is you know i don't know so um but i loved i mean i think andy kaufman's a fascinating yeah i agree that person to go back I, and watch um it. but um, as you said it i kind of remembered seeing it for sure in hindsight would have been high up on my honorable mentions i don't know if i could have snuck it on um but it's close so close us out okay i have the big one I'm going to call it the big one. Whatever you say. Oh, my gosh. You will never. You're going to only be disappointed (laughs) by my number one choice. So I didn't. I kind of. This is a movie that I instantly thought of. It's one of these movies, again, that I like knowing maybe this isn't a great movie. But for whatever reason, I'm like it. I'm kind of drawn to it. Waterworld list. (laughs) It's like kind of. But like, I don't know. Like Waterworld, I feel like there's a more like enjoyment in watching it. This you don't enjoy watching this movie. <laughs> it's more. It's like it has like a. It's ca- <laughs> it's cast like a spell on me, okay. um, and so anyways, you can't, look, you can't look away. Can't. <laughs> I'm just was like I remember seeing it and I was like that's just kind of like interesting. I was like okay, and maybe it was too long. Maybe it was boring. Maybe it wasn't good. And I'm getting into 1997's Seven Years in Tibet. Oh, I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> so. This is, uh, you know, Brad Pitt and yeah, the, I know Brad and the Pitt's in it. prime, prime Brad Pitt. Is, he, think, is this long hair Brad Pitt or short hair Brad Pitt? Uh, medium, medium length. Medium hair. <laughs> is are his ears covered? Is he brushing at it times? Back I think it's kind of like a long cut. Is it like parted down the middle? Grease it back. So. Okay. Uh, but he had done, um, I think, like you know, interview with the vampire seven. He was just becoming. Oh, this into is post seven. This is seven. Was ninety five, and oh, okay. then. Um, so uh, seven years in Tibet. Anyways, you know, maybe he was taking a bigger swing because so anyways, this movie, I'm guessing a lot of folks, maybe you heard of the title. You don't really know what's going on. So it's based on, of course, true events, true story. This um, uh, the story of I kind of jotted this down. So as I'm remembering the movie and was watching trailers and, again, because I really had seen it maybe once or twice. Uh, Heinrich Harrer, and he is Heinrich. an uh, an Austrian mountain climber who becomes friends with the Dalai Lama at a time of China's oh. takeover of Tibet. This so far doesn't even sound like a movie I'd be drawn to, but I... Right. Well, you got Brad Pitt, so you go see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give, I'll give B, BP a shot, all right? And, uh, but like he, and this guy, and I think this is based on his, uh, this guy's memoir of this whole experience. Okay. Um, so I think some of the immediate pushback on this movement came out is you have Brad Pitt doing this accent, oh. which is... I, is the it, Austrian accent. Yeah, and it's very, very jarring at first because it just feels like it <laughs> okay. doesn't fit. Yeah. But then you kind of just, he, he's actually okay in the movie. I don't know if he was taking the swing like, this is going to put me in the ranks of the greats or whatever. But yeah. um, the the rest of the movie, the supporting cast, I was, this is one of those stories like, I'd never heard of this guy. This right. is like a Harvey Milk of kind of thing. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know this guy's story, but he, uh, like early on he's painted as and which seems kind of like this jerk he's like this he's leaves his pregnant wife granted their marriage is kind of on the skids to go he has to go do this expedition he feels like he he's called to 
Um, and you can kind of see like he's kind of a me first guy with these other climbers who kind of put up with him. Um, but during this time, like uh, World War Two is going on. He's he's like captured with some other people and he has to get away from that. And then like somehow manages to stay alive, which is just kind of interesting to watch someone who had to go through this whole ordeal and then winds up wandering into like what I know very little, little about. Yeah. It was like the Dalai Lama right. and Holy city. I don't know what's going on there, but like he kind of this whole imagine this whole relationship where it feels like then the movie has this big tonal shift mm. of where they're sort of like him and the other guys climbing with uh, like sort of like taken in by him. And I don't know, like it's a very interesting story. It's like, I would say if anything, the score, John Williams, so you can't fault him ever. And uh, cinematography, it's kind of this big sweeping yeah. epic a little bit where I, it's one of these movies where I wouldn't would say like, I wouldn't expect myself to be kind of like sucked in or drawn into it. I'm like, you know what? So I'm a little like, I kind of went, I see it's on Netflix, but I'm a Ooh. little nervous. You don't want to keep that I kind of like went up. back to a little bit and I've like kind of started watching a little bit, but I'm like, got like, I don't want to watch this too far. I've already like committed, so uh, so I'm kind of saying it tongue, you know, tongue in cheek. Go go watch it, but uh, don't hold it against me. So uh, <laughs> no, anyway, here's a quick little tid, and I know we're we're okay. we're gonna wrap up um, a tid a tid bet. If you do watch this, <laughs> that's a good joke. <laughs> Got him. I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> Seven years in tid bet. <laughs> here's my tid. Um, so. The real life sister of the Dalai Lama is in the film oh. and plays his mother, thus playing her own mother in the film. Isn't that? Oh. Like, I didn't, I was like, what? why would you guard your way to? I don't, maybe do she that? was a budding actress. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't so. know. Um, you know, I guess, you know, you would think, like, is there others like connection? So, yeah. I don't wow. know. It just sort of umped the ante of like, well, the, the sort like of endorsement stamp of again, of, yeah, like, stamp of and approval. this guy who, you know, you know, like where, who, who is this guy exactly? Well, he, he was not well liked. Eventually, kind of, you know, like if you're trying to tell, I get it. You're trying to take these true stories, and it's with the memoir, and like, and of course, someone who's going on this years long journey of dealing with like being, you know, you're take to going right. and climbing, going and doing something extreme. You know, and this expedition and all the things that he goes through and obviously emerges, as you would think, changed somewhat and encountering sure. someone like this but, community so, who embraced him. So he didn't him. return to his wife for seven years? Is that what you're telling me? You got to watch the movie, Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like that maybe is a... Total cliffhanger. She wouldn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, she wanted out. Okay. Biopics, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we, we, Bye. we covered so many that... It's a wide. I feel like there's a pretty here. good spread of what these movies can feel like. You know, yeah. you got your sports ones, you got your music ones, you got your historical figure ones. Yeah, I guess Oppenheimer falls pretty squarely in the historical figure camp. True. Um, so we'll see if that lands in the Mount Rushmore of biopics. It kind of right. feels like it's being presented like a like a quite a grand epic. Um, you know, yeah, my my expectations are going up. His his life and and really trying to make it vis a visual spectacle. Right. That's the other challenge I feel like of biopics is that you're kind of by definition in most cases, unless you're talking about your Neil Armstrongs who are doing something literally out of this world. Like most of them are grounded, dialogue driven dramas because they're just right. about people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, doing normal people stuff. Right. So. 
you get with Oppenheimer at least you have this idea of like these the these first nuclear bomb tests like there is this like unbelievable like yes is it a bunch of scientists sitting around in these lodges and camps and military buildings trying to solve problems but yes but it's there's also like this visual you know excitement right. in there too where right. I think a lot of these movies they don't I guess Eddie the Eagle, you get the ski jumping that adds like a visual right. something to look forward to. But a lot of them are more dialogue driven. So that is the challenge. Like someone's life has to be interesting enough to like warrant the treatment that you think people will want to see that right. story. So it is an interesting challenge. I guess I, I appreciate more kind of thinking with this many examples like, oh, right. yeah, you have to find a way to do it that makes it a visually appealing story or else people would just read the book, you know, or they'd right. track down the memoir or the biography. So Correct. how do you make it a movie? Right. So it's an yeah. interesting, interesting thing to think about leading into Oppenheimer here. Yeah. Um, check it out. We'll be checking it out. I'm sure. Um, Barbie too. It, it is I really want to see Barbie. We can, def- we can define it maybe. Well, after I thought even like, yeah, is there, a, <laughs> is there a list to be made with like toy tie-ins and I'm stuff? Sure, but I'm sure maybe we're not quite at a full list of, of options yet yeah, but we'll there's see. gotta be there's gotta be some more um, alright we'll see you next week catch you later